I'm Kim Schmidt, Executive Editor of Farm Equipment. Welcome to Farm Equipment's Used Equipment Remarketing Roadmaps Podcast. In this episode, host Aaron Fintel sits down with four other used equipment managers from across the U.S. during the Moving Iron Summit back in September in Nashville. Aaron is joined by Dave Pepley and Clint Christie from Cook Auction in Missouri, Dwayne Schulten from Schulten Equipment in Washington, and Robin and Ryan Randall from Randall Brothers Auctions in Ohio. Let's jump in as the group shares how the used equipment market is in each of their regions. This edition of the podcast was being recorded from the Moving Iron Summit in Nashville and got a special group with us here today. We have uh, Dave Peffley and Clint Christie with Cook Auction out of Missouri, Dwayne Schulten from Schulten's Equipment out of Washington, and Robin Ryan Randall from Randall Brothers in Ohio. Last year was the first year the summit was open to all colors. This year, we opened it to some wholesale channels, and you guys are here. So this is your first one. Welcome. Thanks for the invitation. You bet. You bet. Glad to have you here and get some true used, (laughs) the the real world angle to look at all this stuff. So guys from Cook, uh, what's going on in your part of the world? What's been good, just like it has everywhere else, um, I think we've uh, seen a little more dry and droughtier type conditions right. in our area. So maybe our our local market hasn't been quite as strong as some other places due to that. But um, overall, our bean crop looks good. Things look good going into the fall. Auctions have been strong. Um, prices have been good. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just been pretty solid, but um, kind of like the entire market. Yeah, the entire globe. Yeah. <laughs> if it's farm machinery and it's here, it's sold. I totally get it. Are you seeing anything soften kind of like from last year to this year? I would say maybe not specifically one type of machinery or piece of machinery, but in general, average stuff at auction is dropping. I would For a while, average stuff was selling lights out. Right. The average, we've seen a pullback at our sales. Yep. And just even even putting it in the absolute road, selling it for whatever sure. it's going to bring. It's a little tough to get people to bid sometimes. Yeah, that, that 10,000 or 10-year-old 5,000-hour tractor in March was worth 30,000 more than it is today for damn sure. That, that kind of stuff has kind of gotten some sanity back to it, it seems like. I would totally agree with that. Dwayne, what are you, what are you seeing up in the corner over there? We're pretty sheltered from everywhere else in the United States. So, I mean, it's a, it's a unique area. Um, we've had the best two years of Sculpt and Equipment's history. I mean, but most of that's been Kubota, ironically. We're a Kubota dealer. Ever since COVID happened, uh, we it's kind of embarrassing to admit that we've been the beneficiary of COVID. I mean, sure. who would have thought that? And, and so consumers came out of the woodwork to buy little tractors because they were stuck at home and uh, it blew us away while we were kind of gearing up to possibly shrink suddenly we had to reverse everything and and, um, yeah so we're a good sized Kubota dealer and and, um, uh, we were slammed the whole time still are yeah forced to stay home and got a check to stay home so perfect you're there to help. Yeah, we were. I mean, it was. It's been a 
a good couple of years for Sculpton's equipment. That's for sure. Excellent. Excellent. Are you seeing anything kind of normalize or soften up in that realm? We're starting to see sales flatten just a little bit the last couple of months, but you know, you kind of had to expect that at some time. Yeah. I mean, it, it actually continued on longer than we thought it would. So um, it's definitely flattened, but it's, we're still busy. Um, the interest rates are going to change a lot of stuff. That's yeah. Kind of, oh, yeah. yeah. And then ironically, we have no price protection anymore. Just kind of, that kind of all went out the window. And then that happened in the last 60 days. These manufacturers, oh, we're not going to price protect anything. Even though we said we were, we're not. Right. Let's go, wow. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's. I, Sorry. Thanks for being a dealer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it, it, some of that's changed. It's, but it, uh, it's been a good run. I mean, you know, you do this for 40 years and all of a sudden the last two years end up being the two best years you ever had. You just kind of go, didn't ever expect it to end this way. I expected it to be wheeled out the door and, well, you're done. You know, right. out, right? But, yeah, it's been good. 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 Randalls, what's going on in your part of the world over there? Oh, uh, it's it's wild, just like everywhere else. Things keep climbing, keep getting higher. You devote most of your time to trying to acquire the equipment and pay more than you ever have. Cross your fingers. <laughs> right. <laughs> Is, you know, you just you, obviously we're not seeing as much sell. You used to see five of the same items sell every week, and it's pretty easy then to determine what the market is. Well, when you see one of something sell every two or three weeks, and it brings God knows how much it'll bring, right? Th then you're really messed up in the head. But uh, yeah, we do have a super crop growing. Uh, it sure looks good. It's not in the bin yet. Sure ain't sold yet, but. In my opinion, I, I personally feel if the market holds strong, I think we could see the absolute wildest December we've ever seen. Oh, absolutely. But that is just my opinion. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but that's just my outlook. Yeah, I, I totally, I totally agree with that. Last December was pretty damn wild on its own. Oh, so, it was, and that was before the year we've had this year. So. Yeah. No, another thing that really doesn't quite get factored in is the amount of stuff that does get exported out too. Absolutely. And there's no doubt with the limited amount of production that's going on today that there is not that flooding or opening of the gates that it's coming in. So there's a demand for that and how much is being let, left the country too is, is you know, a major factor why I think we can see a very wild December. Yeah. And I very well could be wrong too, but that, and, and you guys do a fair amount of export. Have you, has that, have you, how's that been this year? Well, for obvious reasons, Ukraine's been down. Right. Um, <laughs> just but, just but a little bit. they're still active. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's not totally shut off. They, they have done some. Yeah. I mean, we we like, had a couple sprayers over there in the last couple months. Right. So. I mean, I'd say it's probably down 90%, wouldn't you? Yeah. we not anywhere near what we were, but we've still sold several items that's went there. Uh, South America's been extremely busy here. Yeah. Um, Do you get a lot of China activity too? Yeah. No, we. There's been several go to China, and that whole deal's a little head scratching. Yeah. It's hard to figure out, but right. Uh, yeah, it's it busy. It's good. It's it's confusing, and you just roll with it. Yep. You know, you just have everything in the world working against you. You got limited production. You got costs of new going up. And, you know, it's just you, with, with not being able to get your hands on it, well, well what is the piece worth? Right. right. 
And, you know, another kind of funny conversation, everybody always says, well, when's it going to tank? When's it going to tank? I, I don't know all you guys' opinion. I don't ever look for it to tank. I think it will plane off and level out. Demand could go down just a little bit, but I don't foresee prices. Well, and that's, and that's kind of what I was alluding to in that round table. We don't have the problems that we did in 14 to sift through. We just don't. There's no machine population out there. You know, the one thing that being on the dealer side of this and seeing all of our deals and talking to neighboring dealers with pretty good relationship, there's a substantial amount of stuff bought with no trade. Substantial. And they're not selling that and they're not using it on the farm. So is there going to be a mini glut of all the producers who hung on to their stuff? And as they start hearing the chatter about softening, they go dump all that. So in my opinion, I don't think so. And, and this just in, in one case, I think back to last year where we had a local customer that came in and bought a second S670 combine, not because he needed right. a second S670 combine, but because his dealer went to him and say, hey, if you have a breakdown, we can't guarantee you that we're going to get parts to get you back going. Right. So I think that plays a lot into the reason why we've seen so few of trades. Backup. It's backup. These guys are scared to death that their combine or their main tractor or their planter is going to go down. Right. And they're going to be weeks. Yeah. With that, with, without being able to go. Yeah. You know Cause I mean? you, you go into the dealership and you want that part next day aired in the morning might be two days and that's still as fast as you're going to get it. Yeah. yeah I, that, that makes ago, sense. Somebody would ever said that was the case and that was going to go on. You'd, you'd look that across. Yeah. Well, any, I would have done that as well now had this guy not come in and specifically told us that's right. why he bought that combine. He you know, he was a 1,500-acre farmer. He did not need two combines. <laughs> right. No, and I, I think you're 100% right. And to piggyback on what you said, I mean, and trades is, is a good part of ours. You know, yeah, we, we we try to make a little bit, you know, on that. But, like, guys that have come in with that trade, I, I kind of – I haven't stressed to them. But I, I've told them, I'd be like – you know, I don't think it'd be anything wrong with having a second, a backup to everything you have because, you know, you take the littlest part that will that will shut you down, shuts that entire machine down. Right. You know, and, and that's, you know, just to piggyback on what Dave said. I, I agree. I don't think, I don't think uh, after the last two, three years, that them, them guys, the no trades that didn't come in, they're, they're going to keep them. They're, they're, and they're not pressured to sell them. You know, when prior to the last two years, they they had a trade because they had equity and, and right. they didn't have enough cash, right? Well, today it's paid for. There's no pressure on them to get rid of it. And you know, I've been doing this 40 years. My phone used to ring on weekends a lot. You know, because that's what we did. You know, you call if you got trouble. You're servicing dairy farm. Yep. Now I bet you I don't get one phone call a month. And I still got that many cows. In there. But all these guys, they got backups. And right. we've kind of trained them because, you know, it's double time on weekends. And and so I don't see that being an issue. I, I think it's there. 
they're pretty comfortable keeping all this iron on their place because they, they like having backups. They don't want to have to call us. Yeah. And, and that's a big thing too. You know, you think back 10, 15 years ago and having a spare was the most outlandish. They would never dream of that. I don't want that thing. Get it the hell out of here. We're not using it, you know? And now it's, I need two of that, two of that, two of that. But, and like he said on, on that, you know, how, how many guys are getting, well, I got a few less acres this year. Right. I mean, a guy either gets more or he retires and, and he's getting out. So he probably does have a purpose for that second machine. Right. Right. Well, and when, when I say the glut, I don't mean anything like what we did with 12 and 13 combines and all the 24-0 planters that brought 100,000 less than they were advertised for and all that mess because it's all gone, you know? So much of that is gone. It's exported, it's burn up, it's junk, it's wherever, and it's gone. So we don't – and when if we're looking at, at red and green – you know, S700s, 40s, 50s, there just aren't the excessive population. So there should not be the same problems. Well, and I think when you start looking at it from a, a farmer's relative perspective, okay, say that this stuff does start slipping. Sure. Say, say that the price is on, the, on these 3,000 hour in 3,000 engine hour combines yeah. starts getting back to where it probably should be in the $60,000 range right. instead of the ninety dollars to $100,000 yep. range. You know, comparatively to what a new combine cost, if that combine's worth 60000 bucks and it's in the shed and it can you can put fuel in it and it can go run for two days while you're waiting on something else, what is sixty thousand dollars in the grand scheme of things? Yeah, exactly. And especially if you have that one piece and you have to go rent one for, and, and nobody's going to rent when you want for one, two, three a week to go do. I mean, it's like, our our rental is three hundred and fifty bucks an engine hour, hundred hour guarantee, two weeks. That's your rental. So whether you put on fifty hours doesn't matter. It's hundred hour minimum. So it's 35 grand. You want to use that combine. Perfect. Case in point, keep a 60,000 in the shed. And we, and we it, within our area, we saw a hell of a lot of that in all the 14 through 16 auctions. Like every one of our like B, B customers, all the A's, they've all got two, maybe three. Yeah. You know, because why wouldn't you? And that may become a problem, but these guys already have two. Right. So you're not going to keep three or four. I mean, that, that may be right. a, a deal, but tractor wise, I, I, you know, I don't think any farmer minds having five too many tractors. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We'll get back to the conversation in a minute, but first I wanted to invite you to join us virtually this December 8th and 9th for the Ag Equipment Intelligence executive briefing. To learn more and to register, visit agequipmentintelligence.com slash executive briefing. Now back to Aaron. The biggest thing, you know, like we're sitting here talking, and this is very mindful to me in this room with you guys, you know, just like that, what was that? A 21780 brought 476 on auction or some shit. And we don't have a 780 that we're asking for 76 for, you know? So, but, but I know you have 
I, I like to think we are at least a halfway smart in the used world dealer. There, there's plenty of others that aren't, regardless of color. And my the thing that scares me is you're not going to be forty thousand wrong on forty combines. You're going to be a hundred wrong, a hundred and fifty wrong on ten. Well, we've talked about that before is okay where does you know you talk about your a customers or right a farmers you know that are farming large acres where's the where's the next level's comfort level at purchasing yes you know it doesn't have to it and we all know this it doesn't matter how cheap something gets comparative to new to a farmer if he doesn't need it he won't buy it. right i mean it doesn't matter how and it doesn't matter how cheap that gets there yeah so, you, so and you got to understand it, man. So, but why would you too? You know, right. so it's not. not but so not where does so where does that where does that next level come in? I mean, if that combine is four hundred fifty thousand, is it two hundred? Is it two hundred fifty thousand? Where that next guy feels comfortable buying in? Or two hundred? You're you're exactly right. There there's a gap coming that, and we don't know how big it is. Case in point, and. What is it? Because we we just the new shit just keeps jumping, not climbing, jumping up. Yeah, and yeah, like everything an eight R a combine, half of the planners, they're everything is half a million dollars. How you know can an A minus even digest the one year old used? You know you're going to come into a point where if if you're buying new. Please run that for three years at least so somebody can afford it when it comes back, you know, or you get into some creative lease situations. Yeah, it can just be an awful tough pill to swallow to give 350 for a combine and think you have to put another 30 in it. Yeah. <laughs> Which was very, you know, was a point I think, you know, you and uh, you and uh, Nebraska Harvest Center and Dave Gibson were up yesterday. That, that's that's a very valid point. You're talking about the reconditioning. And uh, what was it? Uh, $150 a separator hour, I think, was kind of the guideline. 1500 bucks per hundred set. 100. So, yeah. So, so divide by 10. But, I mean, that that's a very value. You know, I, I understand 200000 150000 250000 That sounds like a ton of money. And it is. Right. And it is. But in perspective, when you are talking 30% of new, yeah, very well. Needs 23 in some reconditioning fees. Yep. Dwayne's sitting here thinking we're complaining about combine costs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> the upper world. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. That's, you know, yeah. What do you have a rule of thumb on choppers? We've played with it and I come up with 500. 500 what? 500 per hour. Yeah, and it's probably never enough. I, I, if if I have a customer breakdown, I try to talk them out of renting. I said, even if we're at 300 bucks an hour for just the base machine, you still got to put your heads on it. I don't want to rent to you. They look at you, I go, and I got to have 100 hours. I won't even. So I, I got parameters. If they don't have a yep. hundred hours, I'm not renting it. And then I, I try to talk them out of it because you got to pay cleanup costs too. And it's horrendous cleanup on a hard harvester. Just, oh yeah. So You're never done. We kind of trained our customers. Hey, you don't want to be renting and I don't want to rent to you because the knives always come back shot. I mean, it's, it's a, it just doesn't work. But you know, the funny thing is you, I'm sitting in here with auction guys and, and, and in the chopper world in the forage harvester world, we don't have a lot of dealers that are good at forage harvesters, but 
the last thing I want to see happen is dealers get sucked into a trade and then panic. And guess where they liquidated? Yep. At an auction yard that, you know, may not sell enough harvesters, right? And all of a sudden, they flatten my retail market. And it just torques me off. And it happens a lot. I noticed there's a couple John Deere's today on auction time. I was going, what do you, what, why are we selling, you know, two-year-old John Deere harvesters on auction time? I hope they weren't yours, but. No, they're not ours. And I'm just going, oh, well, it was I better not say it. many. I know. I remember whose name was on there now. Yeah. And you just go, that just kills the market. And then that's. But um, where, what's the alternative? Well, you can't hang on to it for five years. We, no. We've done that. The, the problem with choppers is, and you're exactly right, Dwayne. I think when it comes to choppers, you are a thousand percent in or zero all the way out. Right. You cannot half ass and pretend to be in the chopper business. Or you're gonna get burned. And yep. I feel sorry for guys that jump in, I'm going, oh, they're gonna get a huge education. And then they're gonna have a torqued off customer. Yep. No, we figure like a thousand hours, if they haven't spent 30 grand on it, they have to. Yes, yeah. And the, and the bigger choppers, it might be closer to 50 grand. Yeah. a big 900 horse. And I, I say you're very correct, because I mean, honestly, I, I try to tell, and I try to brace a lot of guys that come in that about every thousand, and this is pre-COVID, pre-all this, that about every thousand separator hours on a combine, it needs $10,000 worth of iron. Put iron, iron, not... Not, yes, not labor, oh, not not I hook up my I mean, laptop. Yeah, I mean, a lot of different things are different, whether... Augers, chains, sprockets. They do it themselves, if they have, you know, uh, you know, somebody do it, or an outside guy, I get all that, but it... Uh, you know that uh, you, well, know, the other, you, you, you need to be braced for that. Yes. And if you don't, then more, more kudos to you. And the other issue is that so a farmer thinks he scored a big one on you. He, he, he calls me up and says, hey, Dwayne, we just bought a 1,500-hour chopper. And I go, has there been any money spent on it? No, the guy said it was all ready to go field. You just go, well, you're going to spend another 50 grand. Now, suddenly, he, there's dead silence on the other end of the phone. What? <laughs> I go, yeah, that's what we put in every chopper we buy. I mean, we sell all of our cutters with warranty and, we, and we're, we're unusual there, but I'm used to it. I've been doing it for years. So we just go through them. So, so they don't get that. So that market's really, when you see numbers all over the place, I'm not shocked. But yeah, there's usually a farmer or a dealer learning, oh, this is, or you may have bought it for a farmer he has and then doesn't realize Oh, you're going to stick a ton of money in this thing. Right. Yeah, I mean, like you said, they said, well, it was field ready. Like, and that's a, that's a, I see that term thrown around hugely in the use equipment business. Oh, and, oh and, constantly. And, Shit, uh, I, I send it out ready. all the time, guys. Yeah, I mean, field ready is the individual that said that. Exactly. Uh, now, we also farm. So, I mean, field ready, you know, it depends what kind yeah. of counter you are sitting on when you right, talk yeah. field ready. And, and yeah. your own field ready might be different. Is it, am I going to go plant a thousand acres or am I going to go disc up that 40? No, you're, you're hundred percent right on that. I mean, you, okay, field ready. Like we, we might've just came out of the field. Well, that the combine did come out of the field, the tractor, whatever, whatever piece of farm, yeah. like it came out of the field. It was running. Would it make another round? Well, sure. You know, if I wouldn't have had another 40 acres to do or yeah. another 500, I'd still be out there going like this. But I've also took them out of the field and went straight to the shop and dropped 30 in them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that, that that is a term I see just just loosely thrown around. And, I you know, I just I hate to see people get sucked in into that because, you know, that can be uh, that depends on what, what side of the table you're on. Well, hey, you said that was field ready. Well, it wasn't field running. Right. 
But it, can you need this, this, and this? Absolutely. Right. But you know, ready is the main ingredient to set a sailman up to fish. <laughs> there you go. And usually when you're pressuring. That's a great way to get a pissed off call about seven o'clock at night. Oh. Usually when you pressure the guy, he said, well, it was running when it came out of the field. The, the, the interpretation went full circle, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. But I think, you know, one thing we're fighting in the industry, though, right now is not many of our customers know that one harvester, one forage chopper went up 100 grand. Right. They, they haven't. We know it, but our customers still haven't. That's going to be kind of interesting to me when our customer finally finds out, you're kidding. It really did. And then suddenly that's going to change everything. I think, uh, you know, I've been talking to several other cloth dealers and I just go this, you know, some of these customers are going to be in for a huge shock. And oh, yeah. we don't even know if we can get them a machine for next year, right? Yeah. But that that's still all to play in. Why, Most I, of the dealers know about it. But well, I wondered if you guys haven't had those conversations yet. Because, okay, it goes up in cost a hundred grand. You can't, I mean, so the customer's got to pay a hundred, just get back to where he was. Those, those are those are very difficult conversations oh. because it you know for for the health of the used side you can't just swallow that no yeah. it can't go to the used the used has to stand on its own it's got to go somewhere but ironically the used is still only worth what it was worth yesterday, exactly right now mate but so we got a they, there's a huge gap there now that we didn't have last year. Right. Well, it's maybe, maybe not, because that's remained to be seen yet. I mean, if there's no availability still on a chopper, the new chopper went up a hundred thousand. So you went to your so you went to your customer and asked him a hundred and seventy-five thousand to trade for one year and five hundred hours. You know, so one comes up that's a year old at an auction that's got three hundred hours on it. So do you get two guys because you can't get one that right. that it brings an S790 there, there you or go. I mean, yep. that's the reason why that combine brought what it brought. It's there. Yep. But we don't. It's there. We're not anywhere close to those numbers. We got to we can't trade a guy out of a 500-hour chopper because we'll never find a customer for that 500-hour chopper. Even if we got even if we drew 3 400 grand, we can't find a customer for that. Cuz the, them chopper customers want to buy new ones. It's a fascinating what they'll pay for a new one and, and, not, and walk right by a nice low hours one. You just different world. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, guys, I think that's a pretty good jumping off point. I want to thank all you guys for coming this year. I appreciate it. Great having you, you here. And thanks for sitting down for a little session. I hope it was okay. Not too bad. It's nice that John Deere dealers actually allowed somebody else to be here. <laughs> Well, you know, a lot of confidence boost. I feel like, you know, I feel like a new man. You know? I, I, I didn't know I was in Fort or even in, on the map. And I feel like. <laughs> there, there you go. Well, I just heard Aaron's feelings about three days before I came here. He asked me for a price on two cutters. And so, yep. And so so I, am, I have extra fresh tears from him. <laughs> just for just on the flight here. Shit. I mean, we bought a lot of stuff off you, and I feel good that you even knew my email and I was to, to meet you and like sit down. I'm like, I don't even know where I'm at on this. Shit. <laughs> oh, God. Every once in a while, I said, What planet are you from? I'll get some smart ass remarks back from because he didn't like the price I shot. <laughs> I get that every time. <laughs>
Hey, I'm just doing my job, guys. Just doing my I job. I wonder sometimes, go, well, why did you ask for an offer? If you didn't, you weren't ready to take an offer. Don't ask for an offer. <laughs> well, here's what I know. When I get your offer, I know where the floor's at. Yeah. I can only go up yes. from there. Yeah. Always check record. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast. And with that, let's go move some iron. Thanks to Aaron, Dave, Clint, Dwayne, Robin, and Ryan for sharing their conversation with us. You can keep up on the latest industry news by registering online to receive our free newsletters. Visit www.farm-equipment.com. For Casey and Aaron, as well as our entire staff here at Farm Equipment, I'm Kim Schmidt. Thanks for listening.